Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. Thank you very much, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for being here today. If you're watching us on the video, you know I'm doing, what do you think? I'm doing sort of a beachy chic thing today. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I didn't, yeah. Even, I didn't even look. Just do a, yeah, I'm super casual. And then you did the beachy chic thing without, we didn't talk. I know, we didn't. All right. Actually. Well, it's not a fashion show, people, so <laughs> let's move on with our lives. Uh, there are a couple of things you need to know about uh, our show, and then there's a couple of things you need to know in your life. One of the important things is that we have an amazing, amazing, extraordinary powerhouse genius of a guest today. I'm so excited. Right? Yay. And we're going to learn a lot. And I brought my uh, Pinsnez glasses. I brought these because he's super duper smart and I wanted to look smart while I was talking to him. So what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. <laughs> you are less than convincing. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, the longtime sponsors, media partners, the people that you need to know about that make this show possible, but also are Im- important to you if you're interested in coaching, human development, uh, developing leadership skills and, and abilities, especially from a coach approach. What do people need to know about? The International Coach Federation. Yeah. The International Coach Federation is our media partner. So they provide us with ample opportunities to support the folks involved in the association when you get involved with them. So not only us, but you, if you're interested, it's the largest, the largest, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, like coach. Organization of coaching professionals. Yeah, there you go. That's so good. (laughs) Everything all right at home? Uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm just so excited for this guest. Um, so the International Coach Federation is also known for the ICF. It's the league, the leading also global known organization. As the ICF. What did I say? Also for the ICF. It's also known as the ICF. Right. <laughs> did I mention I was excited? <laughs> I just want to rush through this, and it's not working. Okay. So the ICF is the leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coaching profession by setting high standards. They also provide. Independent certification, Mm -hmm. so for the only, like, barrier to entry in coaching. Exactly. That's huge. Beautiful. And they are building a worldwide network of trained coaching professionals. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty pretty awesome. So they are the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches, and they elicit instant credibility for members. Like us. I'm a member. Are you a member? Nope. You should get a membership. Uh, (laughs) They're committed to connecting professional coaches with the tools and resources we need to succeed in our careers. And that is one of the most valuable things for me. Just go to the website. You don't have to join. Just check it out, Mm coachfederation.com. And they've got one of the world's, I think the world's uh, preeminent storehouse of research and information on coaching, an incredible resource. Anytime you've got an RFP that you're responding to, anytime you want to submit something that indicates that there's ROI in coaching to an organization or an individual, or just want to be inspired yourself, go check out coachfederation.org. Of course, to stay in touch and find out about the latest stuff, you should also follow ICF on Twitter. How's that Twitter thing work? At. Yes. At ICFHQ. At at ICFHQ. Okay. We are also delighted to have an ICF representative <coughs> on the show from time to time. Used to be every month. Now, th- now we're slacking. Every quarter. Yeah. 
quarterly, uh, and they're just extraordinary people doing an amazing mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. to forward uh, the professionalism and the profession of coaching. So check it out. And we want to let you know about, here's the thing, you and I know, you don't have to get trained to be a coach. You could just hang out your shingle, and there are a bunch of folks that do or have. And some of those folks have great skills, right? Mm-hmm. Just naturally, preternaturally uh, good skills. But what you and I stand for is that the coaching profession develop as a profession. You know, things that are legit, like accounting and dentistry, although my dentist no longer does my taxes. Um, so what we want is we want to build a profession. And to do that, we need barriers to entry, yes, but we also need training and ongoing education. And if you're like me, well, God help you. But if you are, uh, (laughs) you want to get the finest training. You're not looking for like the cheapest training or the easiest training or the quickest training. You're looking Mm -hmm. for the best training. And the best training in the world is at Accomplishment Coaching. Designed from the beginning, their program is designed to be the finest coach training program in the world with more hours of coaching, more actual being coached, more actual coaching of real human beings, not just your neighbor in the program, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. There's also, it's all in-person programs, none of this on the web, you know, in the middle yeah, of the night when that's, you're that's like my favorite asleep. part. I think that's why I signed up because there's not very many that you have in person with that right. many hours too. Right. And it's a being-based approach, but it's also a practical approach. This is for mm-hmm. people who really want to do coaching in their life and make a difference in other human beings' lives and businesses and organizations. So... Mm-hmm. My other favorite, favorite thing about them is that you can go and observe the coaches training program in process. You can just Mm -hmm. go and sit in on it. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to promise anything. And it's not a pre-canned speech of, you know, why you should sign up. It's an actual, you get to see it. You get to feel it. You get to experience Mm -hmm. the people, talk to the humans, you know. And um, you can do that in a bunch of cities. Do you know the cities? Yeah. Let's go. San Diego. Good. Seattle. Correct. Washington, D.C. Excellent. Our nation's capital. We need it. Chicago. Yes. New York City. Good. And Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Beautiful. In any of those cities, you can go and observe the coaches training program. Meanwhile, check them out at Mm accomplishmentcoaching.com, home of the world's finest coach training program. Um, Just an extraordinary bunch of folks. What? uh, Oh, right. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. (laughs) All right. Uh, Man, we are delighted and honored. And look who's the number one there. To have our guest on, but you probably wonder who we are. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. I am a master certified coach. I've been here doing this here podcast for you know, 17 years or something like that. And I've been a coach in private practice for over 20. Uh, what's your name? My name is Clarice Connolly, and I am a women's empowerment coach. And I'm going on my third year of doing this. Mm-hmm. So I support women in being seen, being held, and feeling understood, maybe for even the first time in life. And really getting to what it is that their little girl wants inside and Aww. supporting them around bridging the gap between where they're at and where they actually want to be in life. You know, sometimes I want to be held and reminded about my greatness. That's why you have a wife. But I'm a dude. Yay. All right. How do people find out about your coaching <laughs> and opportunities to work with you? I have a website, heartempoweredwomen.coach. Heartempoweredwomen.coach. Okay, and you can find out more about me by going to thecoachingshow.com or christophermacauliffe.com. Good luck spelling that. I'm excited to talk to this person. He's a, um, somebody that I don't know well, but I know of well. You know how you meet people through their work? He's a, a pioneer and a very highly respected uh, person in the field of coaching, and I've been practicing saying his name. Are you excited? Yeah. How do you say it? 
Shirzad Shamim. What do you think? I hope it sounds as good as... I, I hope that's it. That's I'm convinced. Okay, good. That sounds so good. Uh, he's not only an extraordinary lecturer. He lectures on positive intelligence at Stanford University. You know, Stanford, right? Yeah, no big deal. And works with Stanford's NC2A athletes. He's also a preeminent C-suite advisor. Shirzad has coached hundreds of CEOs and their executive teams. His background includes PhD studies in neuroscience in addition to a BA in psychology and MS in electrical engineering. That guy can fix some stuff. And an MBA from Stanford, something <laughs> I only dream of. He's uh, chairman emeritus and former CEO of CTI, which is the Coach's Training Institute, and has trained faculty at Stanford and Yale Business Schools. You want to meet this guy, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. putting on my smart That's glasses. why I was so nervous. I'm all fumbling through this. I'm like, yeah, can we just get him on? It doesn't matter what I say. Please welcome to our <laughs> microphones, Shirzad Shamin. Hello, sir. Hello, uh, <clears throat> Christopher and Klaus. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for being had. Um, Am I? How am I doing on pronouncing your name? How are we doing? You did incredibly well. All that time and preparation totally worked. <laughs> Yay! Nailed it. Thank you. Shirzad, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, uh, it's an extraordinary opportunity to be, to be with you. And I know that we really want to talk about the work that you've been doing sort of more recently and that produced the book, Positive Intelligence, a New York Times bestseller. Um, but I, I can't spend any time with you without talking about coach training. So with your permission, I'd like to start there. You're a guy who has directed one of the largest coach training schools in the world. Tell people who may be considering coaching as a career, who maybe have started coaching or are interested in the focus of coaching in an organization, how important training is and why and what they should look for in coach training. Are you willing? Oh, absolutely. Um, first of all, uh, anybody who ever approaches me and says I'm considering coaching, <clears throat> I have a big, goofy uh, grin on my face. And I say, aren't you lucky and aren't we lucky to hear this? Because I pinch myself every day being in the coaching profession, uh, not only because uh, it's just such an incredible joy walking away from a coaching conversation saying I actually had an impact and this person's life might be changed but also incredibly to this day uh, every coaching session that I have with somebody else grows me uh, grows myself there's no end to the growth that I can experience as a human being and I find that my clients hold me accountable because you know if at 10 a.m. I'm helping somebody deal with their problems better at 2 p.m. and that sort of problem occurs to me, I can't be a hypocrite. I remind, I get remembered, of, uh, reminded of what I told that person. And I find myself held accountable to kind of walk the line. <clears throat> so I just can't imagine a better profession. Somebody recently asked me, when would you like to retire? And I instantly said, why would I ever want to retire? Right. I love, love, love this profession. Uh, so, so first, it, any, uh, congratulations to anybody who's considering this. It's, I can't imagine a better profession. I also, by the way, uh, looking at uh, all the despair about what's happening in Washington, I keep telling coaches, you know, we get to be the change agents in the world who are sustained. I mean, people in Washington come and go every four hours, and uh, they really don't have that much sustainability, and yet we can be here 20, 30 years getting better and better at what we do and creating sustained change. So, so uh, anyway, I can't say enough about how excited I'm about um, this field. And 
what an honor it is to talk to fellow coaches. Then related to the question that you asked about training in coaches, as a, as a coach, I do think an unfortunate thing is that a lot of people bandy about the word coaching. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get into coaching. Really what they are doing is a little bit of a consulting, not coaching. Because, uh, I mean, the, the spectrum there for me is the consultant uh, is about imparting knowledge and content and wisdom to you. Uh, and, but the coach, coach's job is to draw out your own in- incredible wisdom and beauty mm-hmm. and power. And that is not something that most people have, have grown up practicing and they don't get until they go into coach training and they realize, oh, there's a switch they need to turn on that totally gets that the genius is in the other person. And that takes actual practice. So I don't know many people who without coach training are naturally disciplined and going to a coach mode and staying there. So absolutely, anybody who tells me they're interested in entering the field, I absolutely recommend deep professional training. Thank you so much. I know we want to get to Positive Intelligence, the book, as well as the work itself. Of course, Clarice and I are well prepared because uh, on the website there is a there is a quiz to take. There's a there's a a brief exercise to do so that we can actually get uh, our saboteur assessment clear for us. So I guess we start with what is positive intelligence and then how does the saboteur play into it? What is what is the saboteur? Yeah, positive intelligence uh, goes kind of to the heart of uh, where our happiness and our effectiveness is generated, which is the battle inside of our mind. Uh, And for those who are interested in, you know, Star Wars and fans of Star Wars, I use that metaphor. And basically I say inside each of our minds, there is a war constantly raging between our own inner Jedi and our own inner dark waiters. And that uh, that is raging in every human's mind that I've ever met, including myself. And because of copyright issues, we can't say uh, right. Jedi and, uh, and uh, Darth Vader. So instead, I use the terminology of inside, inside you, there's an extraordinarily beautiful original self. I call that your sage, the one that serves you and the one that you want to listen to. And then that sage is in constant battle with the dark for dark forces inside of you, whom I call your saboteurs. And the saboteurs have names like the judge, the controller, the avoider, the stickler, the victim, the restless, the hyper-rational. They, there, there are 10 of them, with the judge being the master saboteur. And uh, positive intelligence is about the balance of power between your... Uh, sage and saboteurs and as you shift that balance of power it changes everything in terms of how happy and uh, peaceful you can be and also how much of your potential you actually reach beautiful so uh, we've we're all familiar with terms like emotional intelligence right the daniel goleman work but with positive intelligence we're talking about simply your highest and best versus your sort of darker or more uh self-sabotage ways of being? Is that, am I picking up what you're laying down? Yes, uh, basically at the simplest level, uh, your sage is the voice inside of you that serves you. Your saboteur is the voice inside of you that sabotages you. Positive intelligence is the percentage of time your mind is serving you as opposed to sabotaging you. 
we can actually measure it. It's abbreviated to positive intelligence quotient or PQ. We can actually measure your positive intelligence. And that measurement is related by with third party researchers that have connected your PQ score to all sorts of metrics in both happiness and performance. Uh, and so our work becomes how do you strengthen the sage inside of you, that beautiful original self, and how do you weaken the saboteurs inside of you as you do the balance of power changes, your PQ score, positive intelligence score changes, and it impacts dramatically, again, both your sense of happiness and well-being and your performance, how well you do and what you do. Okay, I'm, I'm getting it now. So in my experience, I am so much more familiar with the saboteur than this age, right? I know everything that I do that doesn't work, but this this notion that there's a sage within is sort of foreign because I got so much evidence about the saboteur. Is this unusual? Am I whack noodle, or is this sort of what you find commonly, even at the C-suite level? Uh, no, absolutely. The saboteur is, uh, you know, the the brain is wired because of the evolutionary. Uh, needs of the human the brain is wired to pay attention to the negative to remember the negative by a factor of three to one uh, all the way up to five to one so our attention is grabbed by the negative and the reason is you know think about it it was much more helpful to remember the colors of the snake that killed your neighbor than the colors of the beautiful butterfly that flew on, on the flower yeah, right? right it's much more important to remember the negative for survival so absolutely, that's, that's where our mind goes. And which is why one of the critical things that the research shows is that you need to have a relative balance of three to one ratio between the positive and the negative in order to be in, a, in a, at least a neutral place, a net neutral place. Otherwise, you're being dragged down by negativity. And is it more common? So I'm envisioning my own life and how I go through a day, and I'm thinking... I'm doing maybe 10 to 1 the other way. You're suggesting we get from 3 to 1 to 5 to 1 positive, and I'm thinking I spend maybe 10 to 1 negatives. Is that oh, yeah. unusual? Is that what you find? Uh, no, Christopher, you're particularly screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I well, was finally, waiting for you to say that. Finally, somebody had the guts you, uh, to say it. Right? I, mean, I don't know what coach you've been using, but <laughs> oh, my God, do you need to switch your coach? Uh, <laughs> No, uh, Christopher, thank you for sharing that. And it's very honest and it's very, very, very common. And part of the reason is that we are surrounded by a sea of saboteur-generated negativity in our world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, unfortunately, the, uh, because of mirror neurons in our brain, negative energy and emotion is contagious. So if I come across you and come at you with saboteur energy, I'm very likely because I'm, your mirror neuron is going to trigger your saboteur and your negativity. And think about it. From the moment you turn on the radio, with the, uh, not with your show, but with a lot of the, uh, the current stuff that we hear on radio and TV it and news and brain. everything that we experience, there's so much negativity coming to us that unless we are consciously experiencing the strengthening of the sage, uh, we are going to be triggered constantly in our saboteur mind. And the ratio you mentioned is relatively common. So my question is, is around, is your saboteur more, 
based on your upbringing? Like, is it because you've had a rough upbringing? Is it because you've had a lot of exposure as a child to negativity? Or are you just basically crazy? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Or is it like if you grew up with a perfect life, then you're much more in your sage more often and... Is, so how does that work? Is it something that it's like due to your upbringing that you've deemed that you need to be in control of your life all of the time and the intensity of needing to be in control is there because of how it's gone? Uh, yeah, Clarice, the, 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 basically the, the short answer is that uh, you can have the perfect upbringing and absolutely have saboteurs. My, I mean, look mm. at it. I, I, my most important job in my life is raising my daughter, 14-year-old now, my son, so, uh, 17 years old now, and both of them bless their hearts despite the perfect parenting that they have received. Uh, my son, bless his heart, has a strong avoider. My daughter, bless her heart, has a, a strong controller. And uh, the way that, that this happens is that uh, from the perspective of the child, they are very vulnerable. So even despite perfect parenting, the human species, the child is the, uh, you know, with some animals, uh, we drop out of our mother's womb and we are often running. Hey, thanks, mom. Uh, bye. <laughs> Later. And with the human, we remain dependent on others for many, many, many years. That's a very vulnerable place to be. So at, from a child's perspective, we try to make life safer for ourselves emotionally and physically. And the way you answer the following question becomes the construct of your saboteur. The way the child answers the following question, in order to survive and thrive, I should, in order to survive and thrive around here, I should. And the way you answer that becomes a construct of your saboteurs. Now, that partially depends on what your original DNA is like, what kind of strengths you have. For example, my son is a very sensitive, uh, gentle, introverted type. That's how he was born. And then he chose the way he, and then what saboteurs do is they use some of your original strengths, which uh, could be used by your sage, but they use some of your original strengths and overuse it and turn that into a, sab- into a sabotage. For example, my son is very easygoing and flexible and flows with life. That's his great strength of his sage. But when that's taken too far uh, and he chooses not to challenge the obstacles in front of him and just ignore them and go or go around it and procrastinate on it. That becomes his avoider saboteur. My daughter, on the other hand, is an, is an extrovert, incredibly powerful being, uh, just really charges forward. That's a great strength that his sage could use. But the problem is his controller saboteur comes in. Her controller saboteur comes in and abuses that power and ha- uses the and. and bulldozes through obstacles in a way that could damage people and hurt people's feelings and become tunnel vision. So that becomes a control saboteur. So it's base, it's a combination of what's the original strengths you were born with that your sage could access. Your saboteurs abuse it uh, in the wrong time, at the wrong place, and to an extreme. That's how your saboteurs get formed. I haven't met your children, but I like her better. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just teasing. Um, that's a really great example. And so let me ask for the doubters or the people that are, you know, a little bit jaundiced. Is there a research foundation for this? It's brilliant work, but is it based on any sort of a, you know, scientific base? Yeah, absolutely. We did. Uh, we basically, I'm a big fan. Uh, one of my favorite research methodologies is factors analysis. 
And both on the SAGE front and on the saboteur front, what we wanted to do, the factors analysis, to come up with the fewest number of variables that could explain the largest amount of variation in uh, between people. And uh, on the SAGE side, we, ended, we came up with five factors, five SAGE powers that could explain all of the powers that you really needed to develop emotional intelligence and all of these leadership and life uh, skills. So we, we were able to come up with just five factors that explained what you needed. On the, on the saboteur side, I was hoping also for five, but mm -hmm. we ended up, the research basically showed us that we needed 10. Mm -hmm. uh, the only difference being that, uh, that the, the, the judge is the universal saboteur, so everybody has a variation of the judge, but the uh, but the, what I call accomplice saboteurs, it ended up being nine of them, uh, nine accomplice saboteurs plus the judge that, that become the foundation of all of the saboteurs. And they are there in a neat three by three grid uh, that kind of explains where they come from, what they're, what they're motivated by and what their style is. I have often said that every coach and consultant makes their living off of a two by two matrix, but you've got a three by three grid. That's awesome. Um, I'm teasing, of course. Let's go back a step. For those of us that may have had to take statistics twice, um, factor analysis is a statistical method used to describe variability among observed correlated variables in terms of a potentially lower number of unobserved yes. variables. So yes. I just want to remind everybody of that in case you didn't have your textbook with you. Um, so <laughs> there's research basis. Now let's get to the let's get to the meat. Let's get to the heart of this. So. You've identified a fundamental saboteur you're calling the judge. That's sort of like the superego or the, the sort of overseer of the saboteurs. Am I, am I getting that right? Yes. And then there's nine sort of individual saboteurs or accomplices of the judge. And in the saboteur assessment that you've made available for anyone can do it on the web, and we should tell people where to go to get it, it's um, positiveintelligence.com forward slash assessments, I believe. Beautiful. So uh, you did yours. Yes. I did mine. Are you, is there a way you want to guide us through this sort of uh, uh, reveal of our saboteurs, or is there a way that you'd like us to look at it that might be valuable for people listening? Shears on. Hello. Oh, he got scared. He was like, no, no, no. Oh, I, there I, you I, I don't so, want to dive in. No. <laughs> so, so yes, uh, one of the I, I want to make a general observation, a couple of general observations that then uh, might guide our um, conversation. Uh, th that might guide our conversation here. One of them is we have a radical premise which uh, uh, which guides all of this, which is all of our negative emotions are generated by our saboteurs. And that includes the most pervasive negative emotion of our time, which is stress. So all our negative emotions, ranging from stress, anger, to anger, shame, guilt, disappointment, uh, self-doubt, uh, guilt, shame, are generated by our saboteurs in response to the challenges of our life. And all of our positive emotions are generated by our sage. And in the book, there are two chapters on the neuroscience of this, two areas of the brain. We identify the survival brain where all the saboteurs live and are generated in the positive intelligence region of the brain where all where sage lives. 
And, and basically the radical premise here, it's a place of complete and final accountability. It basically says, if in this moment you're experiencing any negative emotion ranging from stress to shame, guilt, disappointment, any of those things, it is not because life is so hard or this challenge is so difficult or people are doing it to you or whatever. It's because your saboteurs are running the show right now and responding to the challenge. That's a place of complete accountability. And it's challenging because uh, a lot of times people say, oh, but aren't some of these saboteurs, quote unquote, helpful to me? Don't I need a little bit of the judge, the controller to get things done, the hyperachiever to achieve? And the answer is no, no, let us show you that each of these saboteurs pretends that it is helpful and lies to you that it's helpful. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I can show you that that saboteur creates the opposite of what it says it creates for you. Mm -hmm. It pretends that it's good for you, and then at the end, it generates the opposite of what it says. So I could take whatever saboteur you believe you have, and for us to go through a conversation that shows you that saboteur actually in the long run creates the very opposite of what it promises. I love that. I just want to like just... What I'm hearing and what you're saying is that you take this exam and essentially you're identifying (laughs) an assessment and you're identifying pieces that aren't you. Like they're little narrations in your brain that you kind of can get separation from because it's so easy when you're not paying attention to these things, you're not doing this internal work to identify with the saboteur, the controller and, and just be okay with and accept that, oh, I'm controlling. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Versus having the separation and creating the distance that you're actually not a controlling person. It's when in stress that your yeah. saboteur is making you feel that you need to control because that's what's going to alleviate the stress. Exactly. And, and Clarice, uh, that's exactly right. Under stress, the saboteurs uh, go on hyperdrive. And also, it's even worse than saying, you know, I'm just wired this way. It's, it's worse in that. A lot of like CEOs I start working with who have the controller, they turn and say, not only am I wired this way, they say, uh, all my success comes from being mm-hmm. controller. Around here, if I don't control things, nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. So the saboteur has completely convinced them that it is the agent of their success and their mm-hmm. agent of how they got where they are here. Uh, and that's the, that's the nature of old saboteurs, like in World War II, the best saboteurs were the ones who had ingratiated themselves on the opposite side so much so that they were seen as best friends rather than the greatest enemy, right? So that's the the biggest work, part of the work that we do is have you look at, look the saboteur in the eye, in the eye and, and say, I call your bluff. You're not my friend. You're my internal enemy. And this is the end of you running the show. And this is one of the things I love most about the work that you're presenting here because it leaves us as an individual still in charge and at choice in our Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. In other words, I want to go back because what you pointed to is one of the fundamentally most important things I think for any coach to do, which is to reveal to the client that his or her predominant ways of dealing with things have a a belief behind them, right? Mm -hmm. You call them in your book justification lies, right? And as you say, the controller believes on some level that he or she has to be in control. Otherwise, things will dot, 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 right? Fall apart, not go well, nothing will get done. And once we accept that that's a lie for justification, once we consider that that's not actually true, it opens up other choices, other options for us. Like, what happens if I don't control? What happens if I let Clarice control? What happens if I let 
the world control? What if I, if I practice surrender? It gives us more options is what I'm hearing. And it also leaves mm -hmm. us in charge. We can actually sort of get to a place of yes. altitude, see what's happening and make a different choice. And mm -hmm. um, that's exactly right, Christopher. And, and one of the reasons that it was important for us to show the sage is that, you know, a CEO who has succeeded and is CEO and is very controlling could very legitimately show us, you know what, I control this team and it produced this result. Mm -hmm. And right now we are, you know, one of, uh, very successful in our field. What the hell are you talking about? If I let go of this thing that got me here, what am I left with? So unless we were able to show him that uh, his sage actually could generate even better results, we couldn't have convinced him to let go of what got him here. So one of the uh, one of the ways we talk about this is when I, when it's, when somebody says, you know, my controller and my judge pushing me, pushing me, pushing me to get here. I need, I need that. What I tell them is those saboteurs are not lying to you. They have the judge beating the crap out of you every day to get better. The mm -hmm. controller pushing you and others to, to perform all of that. It's not a lie that they have pushed you to this place of success. They are actually telling you the truth. They have pushed you, pushed you, pushed you to where you are here. The big lie is that if you had been pulled by your sage as opposed to push, you would have been even more successful and generated even more. And so underneath it all, what we get to is that all saboteurs are based on pushing you uh, fundamentally on the emotion, uh, based on emotions of fear, fear-based. So all saboteurs are fear-based. All saboteurs have some variation of fear of survival and me method of survival underneath them. So basically what I tell all these people is you have until now been pushed by fear to get where you are. And then very interestingly, all sage is based on the other primal force of life. There are two primal forces that make life possible. One is fear and the other is love. So all sage is based on love and the five powers of the sage are based on love for yourself, love for others, love for innovation, love for discovery, love for making things happen, love for meaning and purpose. So the question that I, that I, that I have for people is do you want to keep being pushed by fear or do you want to start being pulled by love? And the beauty of shifting to the mechanism of being pulled by love, being pulled by your sage is that all the research shows that not only will you succeed more and achieve even more, you the, even more powerfully, every step of the way you enjoy yourself and generate positive emotions, the journey itself becomes joyful rather than waiting for the destination successes to have a reprieve from your stress. And that's beautifully said because it's never really satisfaction. It's just a reprieve from the judge or the kicking yourself exactly. that you've been doing. I um I wonder as you have dealt with so many CEOs and so many people at the highest level of organizations and governments and whatnot that it seems a tough message to bring the L word into the boardroom where you I think people understand that there's some consequence, there's some cost to being pro a, a person who produces from fear-based yeah. thoughts. But how do you how do you sell love in the boardroom? Very interesting question. Uh, the book is written very much with uh, knowing that I'm going to be wanting to reach people of the type who are not considered touchy-feely, who are not considered psychologically oriented or very introspective. 
the type A high achievers, and I've been incredibly careful uh, of my language. And so if you read mm. the book, even though it's really this work causes deep spiritual awakening, I never use the word spiritual. Wow. Even though this, a lot of this, like what I just talked about, the love part, it only like comes up in chapter six or so, or seven or whatever, after I have completely engaged a rational mind, brought in a ton of research data and evidence, had you look at all these stories where you totally find yourself after, after you really shift from a place of skepticism to a place of, oh my God, this is telling my story. That's when I go deeper and say, you know what, all of these, all of the sage is as based on being pulled by love and act, and the idea ultimately of there are two primal forces that make life possible, uh, fear and love, that really resonates deeply when you think about it. It is primal, it is true, it's part of evolution. Beautiful. I think that gives us all something to take with us today is to, is to actually introduce the notion, whether we call it affinity or positive regard or whatever, but introducing the notion of love-based living even in the uh, hallowed or <laughs> sterile uh, corridors of power. I want to. I don't know about you, Clarice, but I want to get to our results because we we both took the assessment and we both came up with different strengths, different. What we're different? So <laughs> weird. Who knew? <laughs> uh, Shirzad, I apologize, Shirzad, uh, that apparently your your assessment is broken because I came out very high in controlling hypervigilance and hyperrational. <laughs> Clearly, something's wrong. What about what about you? What were your what were your high points there, Clarice? The Strickler, which I the Stickler, Stickler, Strickler. Yeah. Is no, that stick. like is that like the professionalist? Stickle. Stickler. I was kind of confused. The Stickler and yeah. for me, hypervigilant was my top two. Oh, nice. We meet at the hypervigilant. Well, uh, yeah. So I I would love if uh, any of you can tell me what saboteur are you most curious about learning about, and so that we can. Uh, we can call its bluff and show you that it creates the opposite of what it pretends it creates. Which saboteur do you want to discuss? You want to do stickler? I, I don't know. It's time between stickler and hypervigilant. I don't know how to stop being hypervigilant. How do I stop doing okay. that? It sounds like hypervigilance. <laughs> it's something that let's, we both scored high on. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. So, so let's, let's do hypervigilance. Okay. So, uh, so what would you say that is the, pro- is the promise of the hypervigilant to you, the lie it tells you, uh, so that you have allowed it to be running the show for as long as it has. What's the lie? What, what does it promise to generate for you in life? What do you think? Oh, um, I, I just, that if I can predict how everyone responds to whatever I do, then I can be most prepared for the response. Yeah, that's similar to me. It's, it's preparation. It's better to walk into the lion's den prepared than unprepared. Yeah, and and uh, clearly <clears throat> preparation is not a bad thing. The reason we put the hyper in front of it is that it's hyper preparation. Doing it's it hyper. everywhere all it's the time. Hy- <laughs> it's hyper. Aware. Basically, the way we define that is hyper awareness of every shit that can go wrong, and uh, a lot of energy going into preemptive. Uh, protection of yourself against all dangers that might arise. Mm-hmm. And, 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 there, so, and therefore yeah. we have to create the dangers in our mind, right? What could go wrong here? Let's see, earthquake, fire, exactly. flood, you know, pestilence, locusts, right? Exactly. It, it, yeah. And, uh, and, and so it appears like, okay, good, this is going to protect me more. So basically the promise appears to be that the hypervigilance is going to 
it's going to have you go through life more protected against dangers of things that might happen to yeah. you and loved ones. Mm -hmm. That appears to make perfect sense, right? So then to really call the bluff on it, what I use, I, I, a lot of times I talk about, you know, this work is about Jedi mind training. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, so I use a lot TM. of the Yoda and Jedi as the example of ultimate mastery in this work. So what I tell people is, okay, let's take a hypervigilant. Its job is to protect you against dangers. And let's use a metaphor and say, there is this village, and this village is uh, next to a thickly wooded forest, and we want the village uh, to be protected against, you know, tigers that might come from the forest to, to hurt people. So in one case, we put a hypervigilant person on the, on the perimeters of the village to watch the forest and protect the village against uh, the tigers. Mm -hmm. And that hypervigilant is going to be basically from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. constantly scanning uh, the wood and finding uh, every two minutes is going to find any any uh, leaf that shakes. Uh, it's going to say, oh, my God, there's a tiger there. Oh, my God, there's a tiger there. Oh, my God, there might be a tiger there. Right. And so imagine that, now that's, the, that's what the hypervigilant would do to protect the village. Now imagine if we say, what's the alternative? The alternative is the Jedi, uh, full mastery of positive intelligence. Now if the Jedi is gonna be standing there and protecting the village, the Jedi, instead of feeling anxious all the time, is going to feel incredibly peaceful and clear-minded and clear-headed. And it's just gonna peacefully scan the village, uh, the, the forest from left to right and right to left, peacefully do that, and in that clear mind and clear head, it will be able to distinguish between the 99.9% .9 of times when the tree is shaking, but it's really the pattern of wind uh, shaking the tree, versus the one time the actual tiger is gonna emerge from under the tree. And what the question to the village is, which one of these two do you want to be protecting you? And Great example, because you know, uh, one person deals with a thousand tigers a day, and the other person deals with potentially zero tigers a day. Exactly, and the problem is that the hypervigilant by 3 p.m. is exhausted. Right. Yeah, that's where all with my so energy many goes. Non-existent tigers, and it doesn't have clear head, doesn't have uh, doesn't have presence of mind, and when the actual tiger comes, they're not going to catch it. Mm. Uh, so, so basically, that's what I mean. That actually, the hypervigilant makes you less capable of actually being in the moment present, charged up to deal with the actual uh, danger that arises, right? And all this made up dangers that you have been preparing for and preparing for running yourself to exhaustion and not able to be there quite present and, and charged up to deal with the real thing that arises. So in that, what we say is at the end of the day, the hypervigilant protects you and your loved ones less than the Jedi the full sage version of you that that stays peaceful, knowing that dangers exist in life, and you got to protect yourself. But in that clear-headed, laser-focused Jedi mind type of presence, you're much more fierce in protecting yourself and loved one when it's actually needed. And is there an actual practice? Is the is a practice to notice the hypervigilance, or is there a practice to when we notice the hypervigilance to do something different, or is there just something like? As simple as calming the mind, meditating, sort of bringing ourselves present. What what do you recommend for people? 
Well, one thing we recommend is the process we just did. We want to do that against whichever saboteur you have. We want you to almost create what I call, uh, if these are the enemies inside, let's create a wanted poster. You know, we create a wanted poster for oh, the criminals in so society. Good. Let's create a wanted poster for the enemy inside. So, uh, so what? let's give him a name. Like my judge, uh, the word judge wasn't, uh, strong enough to describe my judge. My judge. <laughs> my judge is such a bastard, so destructive. I actually called him the executioner. Nice. Mm. And and then, as in creating the one poster for him, I said, okay, here's a, his name is the executioner. Uh, what are the emotions it creates? What are the thoughts it creates? It creates, it creates constant thoughts about Shirzad, you piece of shit. You're not good enough. Why the hell did you make that mistake? Why are you ever, what are, when are you ever going to learn? Oh my God, you idiot. You're going to screw up tomorrow. I'm in the middle of giving a speech and one person yawns in the audience. Sure. <laughs> but I told you, you loser, you idiot, you boring person. You're losing the audience. So I have, ident I have pre-identified all, all sorts of thoughts that it generates and then pre-identified in the one poster the emotions it generates in me, the emotions it generates in me are self-doubt and disappointment and shame and guilt, anger at myself, anger at others. So basically, these are the footprints and uh, the telltale signs that this saboteur is messing with me. And because ahead of time, I have said, anytime these thoughts and emotions come, they are not credible, they are lying to you, then when it happens in the moment, when I'm standing in the front of an audience and one person yawns and the judge thought comes and she says, she's out, you loser, you're totally losing the audience. Because I have pre prepared myself with this one at poster, I instantly say, oops, there goes the judge again. Oops, goes, there goes the executioner again. I have been expecting you. You know, this is not a surprise. I'm not going to debate with you now. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to engage in what you have been telling me. What I want to do is label that moment and say, oops, there's the judge and let that thought and emotion go. So the first thing we do is after you identify the telltale signs of your saboteurs, then the moment it shows up, you show those signs, you label it as that character, mm -hmm. you say, oh, there is the judge talking, oh, there's the hypervision making me anxious, oh, there's the controller suggesting something. You label it as that, it loses credibility and you let it go. And then in addition to that, a very powerful technique we have based on the neuroscience research are these things that we call a PQ wrap that actually shift brain activation so that it bias the region of your brain that the saboteurs live, activates the region of the brain that say, the sage lives. A PQ wrap, PQ standing for positive intelligence quotient, and wrap is a allusion to like when you wanna build a muscle, you do a bunch of dumbbell wraps so if you want to build the muscle of your sage and that region of your brain, let's do these 10-second exercises. Each of them is a PQ wrap. Each of them is a dumbbell wrap. And anytime I catch a saboteur, I do one of these or more, a few of these. Now, what a PQ wrap is, is uh, 10 seconds of bringing your attention to one physical sensation, bring your awareness and attention to one physical sensation. And we can try some right now. One of the favorites of my clients, we can try it right now, is uh, take two fingertips and rub them gently against each other. Take two fingertips, rub them gently against each other with such exquisite attention that you can feel the fingertip ridges on both fingers. So gently rub two fingertips against each other such attention, 
you can feel the fingertip ridges on both fingers. So right now what we are doing is do PQ wraps using the sense of touch. Uh, we can do it, we can, there are hundreds of ways you can do PQ wraps. For example, let's do another favorite of my clients. Uh, let's take, shift your attention to your feet and try to find as many of your toes as you can uh, by wiggling your toes if you need to so that you can find and feel as many of your toes as you can. Mm -hmm. and, and as you do that, notice that you, you have no choice but to command your mind to shift its attention to a physical sensation that crowds out all of the mind chatter, most of which comes from saboteurs. And the reason, uh, one of the reasons these are two of my clients' favorites is if you're sitting in a boardroom, right. the chairman is barking at you, you can have your fingers underneath the table and rubbing your fingertips to prevent yourself from getting hijacked or you're finding your toes in your shoes, nobody can see it. Uh, now, we can do it with all sorts of other channels. For example, you can really bring all your attention to hearing all the ambient sounds around you and really putting all your attention on sounds. And if you now all of a sudden become aware of all the sounds in the room, not only what you've been hearing, your attention is shifting to, to a place that activates the PQ region of your brain where the sage lives and quiets the saboteur that was trying to hijack you. So this and becomes a weapon against the saboteurs. It's a beautiful, easy, simple exercise. And I love mm -hmm. all of those things. I want to just share that... Um, it also brought into relief, like I really appreciate you letting us know what the intention was, because at least for me, when I started the fingertip thing, because we're of course doing it along with you, um, I'm, I'm hearing the internal dialogue. Oh, are these the right fingers? I don't think these are the right fingers. Oh, yeah. Should I do oh, them with okay. different fingers? And then yeah. it's like, oh, I can feel it on my right. I can't feel it on my left. I wonder if I had a stroke. Do I have problems <laughs> with my left exactly. side? Right? Exactly. All, those, all those things actually yes. came into relief. And I'm thinking, how ridiculous, because this exactly. is not where I should be. Yeah. And you know, the neuroscience of this is that there is this, uh, the, there are, there's this uh, very uh, small set of fibers in the middle prefrontal cortex of your brain where the uh, things like meditation actually activate and, medi and over time when you do, when you activate those kinds of regions, uh, it ends up becoming known as the third eye or the observer self because that region of the brain is the only part that can rise above itself and watch itself. So what you just experienced is you activated it enough to be watching yourself and watching the crazy thoughts that is happening to you and say, wow, this is crazy shit. Uh, mm -hmm. Who is doing this to me? And, that, and it's not helpful and I want to let it go, right? Now the problem with meditation, which is the ancient way of doing this, there are two problems. One, I required meditation many years ago from all my clients, all promised, and only about 10 to 15 percent were able to sustain meditation. So one problem with meditation is most people can't do it sustainably. If you can do it, bless your heart, but most of your clients aren't able to do it sustainably. The second problem is most long-term meditators tell, told me that in the middle, uh, that they were able to shift their brain to where the sage lives and the quiet and all those wonderful things. In the morning, in, the, in their meditation room, closing their eyes, using mantras, music, whatever, they, they learn to shift their brain then, but they actually need to learn how to shift their brain in the middle of the tough meeting 
in the middle of you know a client right, right. emergency, in the middle of shit happening to you, <laughs> that uh, so for both of those reasons, I started using the PQRF technique so that you can do it with your eyes open in the middle of the day when you need it, rather than uh, you know at times when you're just at home and safe. So I love that these little like techniques that you've given us, um, I'm personally going to like start carrying around a journal and writing down all the saboteurs, things that come to me and I create this poster, but we have like two and a half minutes left. And what I'm curious about is, is, you know, do you offer coach training? You know, how do people get involved with you? Do you have clients? Like how do we actually deep dive into this work other than just the assessment and these little techniques? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah to what, what I found is that most people aren't able to go from being inspired on a call like this or reading my book to actually sustaining these practices mm-hmm. long enough for it to uh, change their life. The reason is that the saboteurs will throw everything on the kitchen sink at you so you don't do it mm-hmm. sustain and go back to your old habits. So I have learned over time that what we need is a six-week program of engagement, of daily engagement with Uh, with learning and accountability groups and very, very critically with an app that guides daily practices. And with me getting back on video uh, uh, with you attending a a session once a week for an hour, we're on video, I get you all excited about the practice for the week, get you all re-inspired, re-excited for during the six-week period. And then the app guides you one step at a time, one focus at a time every day to build these muscles. So what we have created is a six-week training program, extraordinarily successful with all sorts of people from all walks of life, including coaches. And right now, I would love coaches to come and try that for themselves. But then we really plan to to, uh, create a, uh, a place of special engagement for coaches and try to figure out how could coaches become engaged with the community of practitioners and clients who come into this area, take this to their own clients? That's step two we haven't figured out yet, but step <laughs> one, if anybody is interested, would be, would be glad to have you guys come and participate in the six-week program, which is on positiveintelligence.com. If you click on program, you can see the description of it. And uh, people, right. please feel free to also email me directly shirzad at positiveintelligence.com or friend me on LinkedIn. I mean, connect with me on LinkedIn. I love coaches. I love staying connected to fellow coaches in the world. So we got that positiveintelligence.com. That's where you can find the book and the six-week positive intelligence training program. Shirzad got about 20 seconds left and it's all yours. What's the parting thought or parting shot you'd leave us with today along with 30,000 coaches? Yeah, the, the parting thought is one of the lies of personal transformation has been that it's about insight. And I think insight is only... And, uh, Keep going. It's insight is only... I uh, thought so it's about muscles. Really and building and maintaining muscles. Beautiful. The other person. Beautiful, thanks. That music comes in loud to let us know that uh, that's the end of another edition of the coaching show here. I thank you, Shirzad Shabin, for being with us, and thank you, dear listeners. We'll talk to you next week. 
Do you love boutique family-owned wineries? Then get your tickets now for the most comprehensive tasting of California wines at Family Winemakers of California, Bay Area Consumer and Trade Tasting. Join us on Sunday, August 20th at Pier 27 in San Francisco for an amazing afternoon featuring over 400 limited production wines from famous vineyards throughout California. For more information and special ticket pricing, go to vinvillage.com. Vinvillage is where wine lovers connect. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Do you love wine? but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol, and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past. 